0: Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So, the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See McDonald's.com. Homestale Radio. Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net.
1: Football Awards finalists, things like a dagger to the heart every time the intro starts. Anyway, hello and welcome to Homestead Radio. I am Chris Hambling and I'm here to guide you through our review of all things Palace for this week. Saturday saw gibbering Dutch fantasist Ronald Koeman's Southampton visit Sellers Park. Had a top class performance from the Eagles saw the boys in red and blue record their first Premier League win um, against the Saints to stay sick after 16 games. Uh, we'll be discussing a new player in our Ultimate 25 Man Squad feature, and uh, loads of other chat as well. Tonight I'm joined by Nick Gillard. Hello. Patrick O'Quanna. Hello, hello, hello. And Terence Ford. Hello, all. All Just uh, make sure I get a plug-in from uh, redandbluearmy.co.uk,
2: isn't it, Terence? It is indeed, where you can find amazingness every day.
1: (laughs) It's good to make sure when you're on different things to plug the people, isn't it? That's why I like to make sure (laughs) it happens. Right. So, for example, yes. if I was appearing on another podcast or something, I might
2: plug Hull Radio. Yeah. <laughs> uh, make, make sure everyone watches the Palace <laughs> Fan TV reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, you can
1: have, uh, you'll be hearing plenty from them, but you can have your say too tonight. Head to holradio.net forward slash contact to find out how. And Nick will be in the chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat. We'll be back with all the conversation in just a moment.
0: Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with
1: ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Right, (laughs) Uh, before we get going, you know, just have a little warm-up chat, like a pre-match kind of warm-up, go through our our rituals, um, go through a few warm-up drills and just talk talk what what we've been up to really kind of guys. I've made meatballs today, Um, it's the most exciting thing I've done in in a a few days due to illness, so um, that was exciting. I'd quite like to eat them, but... um, have to do the show instead. What, what have you been up to, Terence? Anything?
2: Um, hmm. I got really mm. drunk in Liverpool on Monday after the Everton game.
1: Mm.
2: And I've been approached by Calvin Klein to work for them. Not as a model. I was,
1: was going to say <laughs> that. That's, sounded sounds like good.
2: <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Other, uh, other Nick, boxers'
1: shorts are available. <laughs> Nick, um, other than thinking of incredibly bad puns, what have you been up to?
3: I got up. We, we bought a, a floor steamer and a tile steamer. So I've been playing <laughs> that this week since so middle age, mate. Use little things. Uh, lots, of, lots of kids' football as usual. And, um, I am um, <laughs> making cakes.
1: What have you been up to that might be interesting to the listeners of a football podcast? Well, I bought a floor steamer.
3: <laughs> This this kind of pre-show thing, is this like the show equivalent of uh, the players running through the cones very, very quickly before they go onto the pitch? It is, yeah. Although it's kind of of the equivalent
1: of them doing that and being injured during the course of it, really. (laughs) I do want to mention in this this opening ramble, of course, that uh, um, after the game... Yesterday, which we'll get to in a moment, Alan Pardew was at the pub celebrating the HFs ten uh, year anniversary, having a, having a drink and a, and a chat with all the guys. First of all, I mean, it got a lot of media coverage because it's um, you know it's, it's an incredible thing to do uh, for a Premier League manager and of course his assistant as well. But um, and we've seen it in the past with you know Steve Parrish coming down to the pub and all that kind of stuff and players as well um, in, in the recent recent history. But obviously, it's a chance for us to say you know over the you know big. Sort of congratulations to to the Homestyle Fanatics on their 10 year anniversary, and um, what an uh, what an incredible achievement of of 10 years of continued growth and, and you know loud raucous support and and what a huge difference they've made to the club. So fair play on them. Uh, cheers, guys. What well um
3: Yeah, agreed.
1: Um. The other thing I wanted to have a little quick chat about, before, because we never really sort of talk about the, the week's news much. We focus a lot on the um, the game because there's always so much to talk about. But I was really interested to see us start to get uh, linked to the press with a few sort of transfer moves. And we, we talked about it on the incredibly poor audio quality podcast we did during the course of last week. Um, but if you, in case you were like me and were physically unable to listen to that, um, we were linked with, I. I always, why have I done this? I've given myself a really difficult name to say. Batshuayi, Batman. Yeah. Yeah, Batman, yeah. Uh Marseille striker, I believe. Um he is. Currently. Um rated uh the start of the season at around six or seven million, now being talked about as a twenty or thirty million pound striker, getting all sorts of goals. Um seems we have scouted him and it seems that um he's certainly on our radar. Do um how do we feel, guys, about um targeting a, a, a striker. Do we do we definitely need one Terence?
2: Um I don't think competition would hurt for Conor Wickham. Um I think Balassi's becoming more and more of a striker in each game. So he's probably going to be our second choice striker at the moment Balassi behind Wickham if we're only going to play one up there. Um, competition never hurts, and they always say they want to just keep improving. So, and by all means on YouTube, this guy looks like Ronaldo. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And, and we're also um, linked with a guy called Simone Zaza, who, um, despite you know, the similarity in his name with Zaha, it's a, it's a very different type of player, but also a forward, forward, um, you know, it, Italian. He's just, he's just a top, top player as well. Um, I only first saw him when. Um, I signed him in FIFA a few years ago. That was my first experience of him. So it's like, uh, but um, yeah, I've seen a lot of him on video. I've been linked with a move for him as well. And to the idea of just having Zaza to, to Zaha to Yala and that kind of stuff just really <laughs> definitely appeals. Um, but yeah, interesting to see we've been linked with some quite big names. Just thought I'd, I'd bring that up as a, as a point of order really.
2: If John Motteson um, had to say Zaha to Zaza to Yala, I think he might have an aneurysm. <laughs>
1: That in itself would be uh, entertaining to hear. <laughs> no, anyway. Um, no, it's, it's yeah, very oh. exciting times. It's, it's a very different club. <laughs> what, what was that, Nick?
3: It would be entertaining to hear John Watson have an aneurysm. Oh, nice.
1: <laughs> well, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm going to get that as one of our uh, taglines for the show, I think. As exciting as John Watson having an aneurysm. <laughs> I don't wish that. Of course I don't wish that. I wouldn't find it entertaining in any way I have to apologize to to marty if he's listening although i don't think he would be anyway should we get into the review <laughs> um my headline for for the sort of the, the review is that it was a one nil thrashing, and it was a superb all-round team performance from palace uh, a lot of positivity uh, on the message boards and on twitter and all that kind of stuff both during and and after the game and it's um it was really, I, I found it a really, really encouraging performance. But let's start with this, the sort of formation and the, and the team shape, really. If we may, Patrick, I'm going to ask you first. Um, Punch starting on the left with uh, Bellassi playing off Wickham. A 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one, or at times a 4-4-2. Four, four, uh, are we happier with this now with Balassi in this more forward role?
4: I certainly am. Um, as Terence mentioned before, it looks like Yannick's kind of grasping that whole playing striker position a lot more than before. Uh, I love the way that he interchanges or at least drifts out either left or right. So you still see him coming down the wing as a force. He's very strong. He's got a much better shot of late than he has uh, earlier in the season. A lot of his shots actually get on target and they're very, very good. And I definitely see an influence of uh, John Salako, by the way, in in his play, uh, his wing play. On both crosses that he made yesterday, that we got a goal on the one that he well took a by goal, and then later one for Wilford, he actually took a a peek up before he crossed the ball, which I've never really seen doing a party before. So, I see a lot of good things coming out of him. So, I think the the formation and him and off of Wickham is really working very well. Nick, you
3: got a uh, got a view on this? Yeah, I, I I eat humble pie about I said about Belassi disappearing a lot, and he's actually come good, hasn't he? Is is Mining a brilliant footballing scene at the moment Completely agree with Patrick He, he is looking up now before he crosses it But it's the, it's the pinpoint accuracy of the crosses That's, that's so brilliant to watch and I'd rather see the, the crosses come in Than the stepovers now Because he's got that in product yeah. And uh, nice. interestingly um, Alluding to FIFA He got informed for being a Central attacking midfielder last week
2: <laughs> You guys are funny. Nice. <laughs> FIFA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like real life Patrick I know I don't no. play I'm sorry I will tell it's, you what, um, Yannick Bolasie is an informed centre in midfielder. is a beast of a card.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it is. I'm saving up at the moment.
2: <laughs> um,
1: no, look, do you know, it's it's something I never thought, and I'm sure you can go back in the shows. It's something I never thought that um, that he would excel at. I thought he would. Ex- I thought we had. I could understand all the wh- all the while where people were saying he had the attributes to play, you know, up front, you know, and almost lead the line because of his strength. And that was as as you were saying. It was so evident in, in the game yesterday that, that you know his strength was a, ma- was a massive factor. They really didn't know what to deal with him. I loved it. loved watching Van Dijk trying to deal with Wickham and uh, and Balassi because he, you know he, he's the He sort of felt that he could bully them, but he was just bouncing off them. Every time he tried to put you know put a shoulder in, he was the one coming off worse. Um, and it was it was brilliant to see. It really was. His,
3: his strength <laughs> is is just phenomenal now, isn't it? And now he's got that in his game. He used to be quite. He's easily forced off the ball and go over, didn't he in his, his early days when we first signed him from Bristol City? But they're kicking themselves now.
2: <laughs> At least for Van Dijk, though, every time he bounced down and hit the floor, his um, helmet-type haircut protected him.
1: <laughs> 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 it's a strange one, I'll give you that. <laughs> um, no, no, it's, uh, it's it's a really interesting sort of shift in formation, and I'm sure we won't do it for for every game, but it's just been creeping in the last few weeks, and you know everyone's still. Seeing it as the four three three when we're lining up, but it's it's been a very sort of you know it's been it's probably been played more often than people have actually realised. And like like Nick was saying again, because um, you know Balassi is drifted out into the channels, it, you know he is making a winger at certain times, and that allows Punching to come in from from wide. And I think in in a lot of ways it's uh, it's helped punching as well in in a couple of the games. You know, Punch didn't have the best of games, you know, the other night, but but overall. You know he's he's been quite positive um, in in against Newcastle and against uh, and against Southampton. It was only really the Everton game that he slipped in the last few. So no, it's um it's an interesting formation, and, and, and certainly um yeah we'll see. And, and Booted Eagle I noticed there in the chat rooms uh, got a comment on that. Nick,
3: yeah, he says Yannick was on fire yesterday, frightened them to death, and he's unplayable in that form. Completely agree. Um, and Finn Eagle in the chat room, wholeradio.net forward slash chat said incredible athleticism and Dweb says not just Yannick, but Wilf as well.
1: It's, I was reading a, um, a debate on the, um, match ratings thread on the BBS, uh, yesterday. Um, it always makes me laugh just how seriously some people take their own ratings in that, you know, it's, it's very odd. Um, apologies if you heard the, na- the noise of a plate scraping in the background there. It's, um, it's, you know, happens at most radio shows. So, But, um, no, seriously. Uh, uh, there was a debate over how, whether basically whether Zaha played well or not, and, and I thought it was idiotic because, of course, Zaha played well. You know, but he did miss a couple of chances, and that's what um, that's what someone was marking him down for. It's bizarre, but you, you know that's absolutely right. That comment, Zaha has been a hugely important player for us, and I'm sure we'll talk about him a little bit later on because, as Pardew pointed out in the in the post match chat, it, he was better as a defensive player. Yep. Than he was. As an offensive player yeah. play. and that's so so weird to think uh, but we will come back to that um, just a quick sort of um, uh, sort of opening moments of the game really I want to talk about there was um, we had a set piece early on uh, nearly found, found Dan Wickham was causing all sorts of problems you know and we kind of set the tone from there um, but it was very obvious quite early on that the wind was causing issues and Ronald Koeman was suggesting that, that Southampton found that harder to deal with than Palace do we think that's a fair comment Patrick?
4: It's not windy in Southampton, I guess. Then, <laughs> uh, no, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, I saw his comments about that and 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 match of the day. It's, it's they're ridiculous comments. I mean, it's a a bitter man you, you're right, Chris got battered one nil and trying to figure out a way to you know make his players feel better. But I mean, the, the wind affected. It affects obviously. If we've all played. It affects both teams. I mean, depending on which way it's blowing, you'll get forty five minutes one end, one four minutes the other end, and it's going to affect both teams. But I thought that we adjusted to it better. For whatever reason, but that doesn't mean that it, it didn't affect Southampton or Palace any better. So I mean I think that's a ridiculous I comment.
1: I thought it was funny because he was saying that um the wind affected them more because because we played more direct than them. <laughs> well sorry, if the ball's going in the air if we're playing direct, <laughs> then surely it affects us more than them. Exactly. Yeah, um
3: my son did notice halfway through the first half that like, that strange phenomenon at Celers where the four corner flags were all blowing in different directions. <laughs> Seriously, it's, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like a vortex or a twilight zone or something. But, yeah, I'm, but I'm, only at
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure that you know, in lost the location of the island, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Sellers Park.
0: <laughs> so you,
2: you just get the weirdest things happen at Sellers Park with weather-wise, it's a very, very bizarre place, and some of the most beautiful sunsets as well.
4: I've got a question now: Is there like a wind tunnel at the stadium? Do you
2: know what I mean? Like, we have a certain
1: way the wind would blow, you know... Well, no, not de- well, not deliberately, anyway. If, I mean, it's perfectly reasonable to suggest a four-sided structure might, might <laughs> with a hole in it, might capture the wind. Might, might it. It <laughs> the, the, yeah, you know,
3: the hole where the... the Four holes, is. yeah. The yeah, and the, and the corners. The
1: corner things, yeah. Wow, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Why did this conversation go this direction? You started it. <laughs> I talked about the... I was talking about Koeman, was I was that- hoping... Was that Southampton manager's fault? It was, yeah, yeah, wasn't it. Um, So yeah, very, very much the uh, the early pressure, the three chances very, very early on. Um, Sort of, Balassi was nearly put in the back post by Zaha. From that, um, you know, Wickham did some some good work outside the box and got across. But I think it was a a sequence of um, first Balassi crossing and then, uh, uh, well, was actually two crosses from Balassi. Um, and you had that, uh, which resulted in a, a, a corner, which then Kabay ended up following at an incredible rate, which wow. was saved by Gazaniga. And then, um, yeah, and then Wickham from the resulting corner from that having a header saved as well. It was, just, um, it was just pressure, loads and loads of pressure. And that, I think that, was, um, that set the tone for, for the game. It was Palace pressure. And uh, Paolo Gazaniga had a tremendous performance in goal. We'll talk about our own um, goalkeeper at the moment. In a, in a moment but certainly in terms of, a, of an away goalkeeper I was seriously impressed with him uh, considering he only got into the, the team probably I think it was a day or so before Terence you're a goalkeeper what do you reckon?
2: Yeah I think he was probably man in a match um, if you're looking at all players including Southampton players um, some the save we, we'll get onto the one later from the volley in the second half from Bulasi must see that very very late I thought he was very 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 um, aware to realise that the wind had caught the ball and nearly turned it around like a boomerang into the top corner from the first one. And um, the uh, the save from Kabaya was brilliant as well because that came at about 100 miles an hour, it looked like. It, um, but yeah, he had a very good game. He looked solid. He came and claimed the ball well. We his distribution was good. He time wasted a lot. You know, everything you want <laughs> from an away goalkeeper. Exactly. <clears throat> it was, um, I thought...
1: That-
3: Oh, go on, Nick. So I thought that Kabayah like, shop was going to knock his head off. It nearly knocked him over. It was like some cannonball, wasn't it? it was just...
1: yeah. I love the way, once he'd saved it, he sort of just stood there for a
2: moment then just sort of fell backwards. It's, um... <laughs> Dazed. There's one angle from just behind the goal, but near the goal, and you can capture Kabaya's technique perfectly in it. And the way, he, just, after he hits it, he just stays so still. And it, it looks, some of the technique is incredible.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's just, you know, obviously... It's quite clear, you know, what a class player he is. Re- and, and yesterday was was one of his best performances in the Palace shirt. But it goes to sort of say a lot that I don't think he was my man of the match. But that, again, that was something we'll, we'll come back to a little bit later on. So I think, again, as I said, the early tone was, was uh, Southampton not really coping with the, the physicality and the pace and, and the power of Palace. And um, I, I thought we had a good tactic on them. I think trying to get them turned around and running back at their own goal, you know, working the channels. Uh, when they uh, uh, bearing my you said we hadn't anticipated them going three at the back i think you know we cope with that very very well um but it was noticeable in those sort of that opening half hour or so really that players weren't really getting forward once from midfield now we'd done that brilliantly against newcastle and, you know resulted in scoring five goals but um had a bit of a different tactical battle against everton and i think initially there was a little bit of a hangover from that in terms of people sort of staying put and you know, MacArthur wasn't getting, sort of getting central so much. And, you know, I thought that was interesting. I thought it might take us till half time um, to actually rectify that. Um, but it didn't, of course. Um, but before we scored, uh, there was um, probably the big moment of the first half prior to the goal was, was Hennessy save from Davis's header. Um, little bits not being the defending, um, although it was a good back heel from Marley I think, uh, out wide to Cedric who put the ball in header from Davis, looked for all the world like it was going in, and uh, a brilliant sprawling save from Hennessy. Patrick, um, (laughs) you've been taking taking a lot of stick, and I'll be honest, it's unfair that only you are getting stick, because I too have been a critic of Wayne Hennessy. I've said that I I don't have any confidence in him, and I too have agreed that um, he doesn't seem to make saves. Now, he certainly put that to bed with the performance yesterday, and again, he was very, very good against Everton as well, and he's starting to get consistent now. I'm sure you'll acknowledge as much as I do that, this is, this is something that happens when a player plays games and gets used to the players that he's playing with. And perhaps we should have been a bit more understanding of that in the past. But um, So, it, firstly, I'd say obviously Wayne Hennessy played well. But right. in your defense, I would also say that had Alex McCarthy played 12 games in a row, maybe he also would have benefited from that kind of confidence and that kind of, you know, that's, that's only really where I was going with that. But a top performance from Hennessy, wasn't it? And a, and a top save at, at that moment.
4: It was, but Chris, I want to start with something and it's not its not to be negative, but I want to pull out some some stats about you know McCarthy versus Hennessy. You mentioned before how many games. Hennessy started 10 league games so far. We've gone 5, 3, and 2 in those, in those matches. He's given up 8 goals. We've got 17 points and he's had 4 clean sheets, which is excellent. So I've got no issue with that. McCarthy played 6 matches. He uh, We won 3, lost 3. He considered 7 goals. We got 9 points from those uh, 6 matches and he had no clean sheets. So the thing is, obviously, since since Hen- Hennessy's come in, he's played really, really. You know, the team's played better. We've got a better record. We've got more points. He's got the clean sheets, and I and I and I'm not going to be negative again. But the first couple that he got, the ones against Watford and West Brom, you know, honestly, he, there wasn't much for him to do. He got gets a lot of credit for the South, Southampton one yesterday. The, the Davies save and later on the long save were brilliant. He was excellent against Everton. So, again, my point had always been that um, he just hadn't made big saves. I mean, we can go back and go through the history of Julian Sproney as our goalkeeper prior, and uh, though we might have lost matches and though obviously won a lot, you can always pick out a save or two that, that Julian made. I never saw that at Hennessy until the last three or four matches, so all credit to him. I also think that Pardue has given him a lot of uh, confidence, given him that, you said 12, so I guess it was includes the, uh, the Man City match, unfortunately, the League Cup match that we lost. But um, he's done really, really well, and you know, fair play to him. I think the Wales thing has really helped him too. The fact that they're in the Euros and he wants to impress for that. So I've got no problem with that. Like I said, I I I've never said I don't like Hennessy. I prefer the different goalkeeper. That's, there's a big difference between liking someone and preferring somebody else. And the second thing is, I never would ever cheer for someone to do badly as a Palace player. I don't care if I like him or not. So I'm very happy he's doing well. Long may it continue. But if it doesn't, I look forward to seeing Julian back.
1: I've always yeah well
4: I've always I've always thought that. The only
1: fair way, if you don't rate someone, which does happen, you know, every now and then a player comes along that you don't rate, the one thing that you have to, you always have to do is be prepared to be wrong. Exactly. And be prepared to have your mind changed. It's okay to form an opinion. But as long as you judge it, (laughs) as long as you judge it based on what happens, you can change that opinion. And and I have. And I have too. And I have too. Yeah, Definitely. Um, uh, but you know it, it could easily change back <laughs> that's the other, that's other factor <laughs> as well um, go on Nick uh, what, what's your views
3: before we it, go? it's the run of games that, that we talk about players needing before they hit that, that rich vein of form but with Belassi Hennessy's coming into his own at the right time and, and they've, they've got excellent saves absolutely you know maybe even world class some of them um, in the chat room Dweeb uh, talking about the, the goalkeeping position at Palace. Dweeb has said he doesn't have a problem with Hennessy being number one, but has got no idea why McCarthy is second in line. He's seen him in under 21 games and he hasn't been impressed with him. That's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. That's the one. That's yeah. <laughs> just wait. <clears throat> oh, the to finish the
0: sentence.
3: On. Yeah. And latest in from Robert CPFC in the chat room Pardew said in his press conference on Friday that he will switch between Speroni and McCarthy. I hadn't heard that.
4: Yeah, he did. He said he was probably on the bench for uh, the Stoke match. He did say that. Yeah. yeah, he did, yeah. Now, that's
1: interesting times, but, you know, Hennessy's number one, absolutely number one now. And, you know, you, you mentioned that you could consider them world-class. They certainly were two world-class saves. But, I mean, obviously, we're talking about the one in, in the first half. And he's at a full stretch there, Terrence. Um Is it being, well, you know, you, you know your goalkeepers? What did you think?
2: Um, it's... We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago with um, only Hennessy makes that save in, out of our three right. goalkeepers because he's the only one tall enough to get there. Right. Um, it was incredible. Uh, you can you can gauge it by Stephen Davis wheeling away already in celebration because he thinks it <laughs> scored. Um, yeah, it's outstanding. And to go alongside the one with Everton from Cleverly as well. Yeah. Like, as a goalkeeper, those are the saves that you make you're just like, yep, like, <laughs> I'm the man now. And I know. No. Yeah. But. Um, I, I was his critic as well and he's not the only player he's one of a few players that have responded massively to a poor performance against Sunderland I think he did it I think Balassi's responded I think Scott Dan's responded these are Punchins responded in a way like these are players that well, kind of Wickham obviously great point. Like, had great um, poor performances against Sunderland but since then have um, you know stepped it up a notch and realised oh actually we shouldn't be taking it for granted too much and kicked on
1: yeah i mean obviously it's very rare that you get all of your players firing at all cylinders all at once um i mean but you look at you look at everton and how good a team they looked when we played them um last monday uh, and they're a team where the majority of their players are absolutely on fire um so we we have we have had a few games where we've you know we haven't our results haven't been terrible or anything like that they haven't really dri- dropped in anyway we you know we're sixth in, in the top division for God's say but you know we have had a few players out of sorts but and, and you're right to pick them out Balassi was one who you know, you didn't really appreciate appreciate how good a player he is when he's out of form sometimes because, you know, he can be missing in a lot of games. And he did come in for some stick, not just on this show, but, you know, on various forms of social media and all that kind of stuff. He was getting a bit of stick. And you see how he played yesterday. You think, oh, my God, how, you know, he's just capable of anything as a player. And, you know, Hennessy took his fair share of stick and anyone was going to, anyone who was going to replace Julian Speroni, you know it was going to have a hard time and going to be looked at very very closely. As anyone who's a new player like Alex McCarthy's a new player would be judged very very closely as well and very very harshly at times. And it's great to see people have the strength of character to come through that. But you know when H- Wayne Hennessy's an international goalkeeper, you know and and in a way he deserves to be scrutinized in quite a high rate when he's in the Palace team and he's responding and that's that's great to see. Uh, if you do have your own views on this you can tweet at HOL radio. Um or you can get in touch via any of the means on hrradio.net forward slash contact. And obviously Nick's in the chat room, hrradio.net forward slash chat. Um, Just looking through the tweets we've had so far, Phil Thompson was in touch earlier. on talking about, he saw two of the most powerful shots he's seen at Selhurst. There was Kabai and Balassi, which was a shot late in the second half, I believe he's referring to, that he caught brilliantly on the volley that was well saved by uh, Gazaniga once more. Uh, Nick, I think you've got a couple of things there. Firstly, there was a shout out to a listener in Bavaria
3: yes yeah we got a listening above area tonight um that's Love a it. quick game too. on
1: oh uh, really <laughs> yeah selling um, himself somewhere is
3: he does he own an rv or does he mm. just go around in his rv anyway I've, I've I've copied this wrong it's not alice forever who said this is palace forever in the chat room uh for me hennessy's positioning and staying up for the shot for the stop from long shot was superb and um Everybody, uh, a quick game. This is Dweeb. A quick game is calling Hambo a Durex. And that's what's happening (laughs) in the chat
1: room. What? Seems fair. Uh, Let's not go into that too much, Uh, because Paul likes to insult me. and He knows I'll insult him back, but I'm not going to use this platform to do that. I should talk (laughs) to him privately. (laughs) Um, Anyway... Um, so that was a pivotal moment in the game. The Hennessy tipping over from Davis's header. Absolutely superb save. And uh, it seemed just to wake Palace up. and We went straight on the front foot, uh, put, put a you know decent spell of pressure in. And the goal did eventually come. Uh, Kabai played the ball into Wilf, who had his back to goal, sort of midway into the Southampton half. Uh, he turned the ball around to Yannick, who was, let's face it, might have been a call for an offside there, potentially. No. Not enough for it to be a problem. There you go. No from Patrick. No.
4: Do you know why, Chris? No. The rule states that the body parts that are offside have to be able to be scored with. You can't score with yeah, your hand, eye. so technically. Yeah, yeah. But what's the rule? The rules so confusing. Anyway, you you know, offside would have been you no. Know.
1: Well, so, it, whatever the case wasn't given. Yannick exactly. goes down, goes down the channel, uh, does that thing where he has a quick change of pace. Looks like he's going to cut back and then just carries on going. Uh, change pace, drives that one extra touch that sometimes wingers don't take to try and whip the ball in that bit earlier. Cuts it back brilliantly to Goodbye, who's just ghosted through after playing that initial pass. No one went with him. Uh, I think of Goals on Sunday, they called it. They call him uh, was it the Invisible Man Syndrome. That's what they called it. But as soon as he played the pass, no one saw him until right at the last moment where he's tucking the ball away. Um, and it was brilliant. It was rich re- reward for uh, some brilliant efforts in the first half. And um, It was just a great team goal. Impressed by it, Terrence? Um,
2: I was impressed by the way that he just completely... It went past Font like he wasn't there. <laughs> Got to the byline and you know, and Zaha, Zaha did it to him in the second half as well. Just absolutely outstrength in Jose Font and we all know how good he was from his time here and what we've seen since he left. Um, Kabay's movement is... Second to none. <laughs> the late—that is the perfect late run. It's like Lampard-esque in the way that he's just ghosted in there. And but as they pointed out on Match of the Day, the, pff, why the midfielder hasn't tracked him and why the right back is just standing there watching him do it is a mystery. And I'm sure kuman as a defender himself, will not be very happy with that.
4: Absolutely, Patrick. The thing I liked was that um, the do a comment after the match to say ask him why was goodbye in the box he was supposed to be in in the first <laughs> place. So, but it was right. <laughs> it's a brilliant run. I mean, he starts to play, ends the play, and the fact that no one picked him up just speaks to how well he goes into the area. And you're right, Terence. Lampardesk is a perfect way to explain it. No,
1: I, what what impressed me is that is is just the fact that he just knew. He just knew there was no thought in his mind. You know, no hesitancy. He played the ball, and he just. You could see him get his head up, and immediately he was on just into that area. He saw there was no one there, ran into some space, and and as a you know, player who's been asked to be defensive minded, you know, to be the sort of deep line playmaker type role that he, that he, that he does play for Palace, and I think it, you know, he, he's shown he's not really a, um, well, not really at his best when further forward for us certainly um, against, against Everton, I guess, but I you know I. I just, I just thought that underlined his class, and it's very interesting when you hear Pardew talk about him because obviously Pardew will present him as, as you know, the player that's worth the huge amount of money we spent on him. But it, it's, it's fantastic to see that there is no doubt about that. I don't think you'd find one person who would doubt that he's, he's worth whatever it is we're paying him right now,
3: Nick. Yeah, and, uh, well, two things. I've never seen a player look so pleased after scoring as Kabai did yesterday, and they, they came quite close to where we sit, and uh, just. You could see the, the the team spirit as well. You with never. And you,
1: you say you've never seen a player look so pleased after scoring. Have you ever seen that video of Steve Lomas? Don't Google it. Just out of interest, you don't actually want to see it. Carry on. <laughs>
3: um, and that's and we suddenly you know we've we we've, we've got the confidence back. We have got a player who, who dictated play in there, didn't we? Backed up ably by McCarthy. You know they're they're both working. In you know, there so well together. We used to talk about Jedley. How long did that last, Patrick? In the end, half a season, a season,
4: most of the season. Nick, by the way, best most came. of the
3: season. Yeah, Jedley, mm. he's he's just filled in. <laughs> and if we're, if we're talking about the money we're paying him, then I'm going to sound a bit like Jelly. We got to pay the money to get the players. This this Marseille bloke. Well, if we need to pay it to get that quality in, then we need to pay it. Yeah. How yeah. how far do we want to push on from sixth? Or, or maintain that sick position. But, you know, this is a a once-in-a-generation opportunity for Palace, so I you want to take it, don't way. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: Patrick.
4: Yeah, but um, I I mentioned I uh, well before there was a um a great uh who was on a podcast over here, the men in bases, the people that did the uh, the Palace documentary, and he spoke about how he got Kabai. And what I like what he said was that he said Kabai is not motivated by money. Now, may or may not be true. He just may have said that. He said that he wanted to play. He wasn't playing at PSG. And he really loves to play the game. And if you watch him play, you can't disagree with that comment. And you just see him play that Nick mentioned that his look on his face. He loves to play the game. So the fact that he's with, with us, whether he's here for this year or, or another year, maybe it's just, it's just great to have a player of that quality in our side. I just love to watch him play.
1: Now he's made a huge, huge difference. And he's really. done
4: that too. Exactly. Raise the level um, of the whole team.
1: Seems a good opportunity to talk about one of the things I was going to bring up anyway. Um, since Nick mentioned MacArthur, um, Very early on in that, I was thinking: is it it fair to say Macarthur has been as good as Kabi in the last few games? And then, throughout the course of the game, Kabi produces a performance that was on an absolute another level, really. But, um, but Macarthur, to me, he's like he's absolute worst—a seven out of ten every week. But usually, a sort of an eight out of ten most weeks. And you know, he's been linked with potentially with a a move to Arsenal, which, Pardew says, not a surprise. And I wouldn't say he's an unsung hero because obviously his first season, he was very close to getting player of the year. Uh, Scott Dan winning it eventually, but I think he got vice president's player of the year and you know, everyone, everyone you speak to rates him, but it's almost sort of going unnoticed at the moment. What's, what's your view Terrence Terence on MacArthur?
2: Oh, he's, he's brilliant. And he's taken his game to the next level by putting goodbye, a cabai next to him. Um, the, the, he's never had the option for passes. There's so many scenarios. We was actually discussing it in our seats. Um, where the balls, the ball's played into McArthur. And then he's uh, last season, his natural thing would have been to turn, spin, and try and hit one of the wingers because he doesn't want to pass the ball back to Jed Naku, maybe under pressure, because he knows the quality of pass isn't going to be there. This time, he just knows that he can pass the ball back five yards and it's Johan Kabae he's passing to. And then he can move off of him and he knows that Kabaye's is going to find him with a pass. And as an opposition player with Kabaye I don't know why they bother pressing him because it makes no difference if there's no one around him when he's passing or if there's two players on his back when he's passing because the quality of the pass is the same every time. But just putting Kabaya next to him has just made him a better player and that's why he's now starting to get talked about in the sense of Arsenal because Arsenal have those sort of midfielders around and they're obviously seeing that he can link up with those sort of quality players. So they'd probably see that they can get a bit of a bargain there. Yeah.
1: It's funny when you talk about... You know, potentially Arsenal being linked with him because of um, because of issues they have in in central midfield at the moment. It seems little more idiotic that they didn't go for Kabay when we were going for him. But you know, our, our gain is their loss and all that kind of stuff.
2: Well, know. he is absolutely perfect. So, like I didn't realise that until he signed for us in terms of his ability to get around the pitch and tackle and make yeah, interceptions.
0: That's the key. That
2: is exactly what they need in the middle of the park. Arsenal in a more deep lying position, but pff, I, I don't care. <laughs> I
1: don't get it. be top of the league, but tough tough, you know. Um no, don't look I thought it was a good good time to bring up MacArthur because although he gets plenty of praise, sometimes I think it's um he is overshadowed a little bit by by the, the superb player that is Johan Goodbye. Um but there you go. So, you know, that that put us the goal put us one 0 up. It was a great goal, great team goal. Um, and it was brilliant to go in a half time one 0 up, you know. But the, the truth be told, it, it could have been an awful lot more. Okay, you know, Southampton had a great chance to score uh, with a Hennessy save, but you know, we should have scored three or four in that game and, uh, in the first half again. And it's frightening to think that if we actually did, what we'd be capable of. Um, and in the, in the second half, you think, well, you know, Southampton have got to change something here. Yeah, they've got to come back into that game because we've dominated, um, dominated possession, and, and they've been reduced to you know a couple of chances here and there. And, you know, you think back to the team that came to Seller's Park last year and how they played and, you know, the troubles we've had against them in the past. It's amazing how far we we seemingly went, you know, by half-time, how much better we were than them. But um, So in the second half, you kind of expect a reaction, but it was really Palace on the front foot straight away again. Um, it was a bit more even, I'd say, in terms of possession. Um, and it was it was helped, I think, probably by the referee letting quite a lot go. There were no, you know, no yellow cards uh, really issued um, for, you know, when he could have done, in some circumstances, and I think till late on he started maybe issued a couple of cards, but he let a lot of fouls go, and he let didn't bother going back and, and punishing players or anything like that. And it, and it was even for both sides, you know. Sometimes you thought, you know, we, we've we should have had a foul there, but then you know, within a, within a couple of seconds we could have you know probably given one away that he hasn't given as well. And it was nice; it had a good flow to the game. It was a very exciting match
2: for something to finish uh, finished one nil. Um, but very um, early just on in- to clarify, there were no yellow cards given.
1: No yellow cards. So there you go. Even better. So it's nice to see that wasn't It, it was
2: nice. Unusual. To- very unusual, yes. especially from Mike Dean.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got to give a referee credit credit when it's due, because we'll certainly lay into them when we, um, you know, when when they, well, when we perceive them having a bad game. So like, I thought he refereed it perfectly. I think. You
2: know, yeah, and it, it did. he did. He still owes us some penalties from the Leicester game. <laughs> but while we're on referees very shortly, I haven't been on since the Schweinsteiger incident in the May United game where he's been banned for free time. How many elbows that is now that has happened right under Klattenberg's nose that he hasn't noticed? Yeah, well, exactly. that That horrific Rooney one a few years back, the one on Spironi, and now this one on Winston Reid. I'm sorry, if that's not putting players' safety at risk, I don't know what is, and I cannot believe that that man has not been reprimanded by the FA. You can't miss he was standing two yards away looking straight at it and it's a clean elbow in the face i just I, 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 mark clattenberg i hate him <laughs> I
3: know. You think. That, that was the sound of somebody being lost for words wasn't it it,
2: it was yeah he made himself <laughs> it was it was <laughs> it was me trying to not to swear <laughs> yeah
1: but it's um it's very, yeah it's very difficult to say too much about clattenberg without potentially getting yourself into legal difficulties as well but um because you look at it and you think you can't actually be that incompetent. So there must be something else going on here. But, um, but yeah, let's leave it at that. Uh, in the, the uh, chat,
3: Chris, sorry, this, just while we're on refs, it's very pertinent. Waggers66 in there has said, the ref was brilliant. We should have sung. You do know what you're doing. <laughs> Can you imagine
0: that? <laughs> well, I'd see us bring that in. That'd be good.
1: i <laughs> um, also noticed the, uh, the bit from Quick Game in there, talking about how we're definitely a Premier League club. Now we've got new
2: hand drives in the lower Holmesdale, car. <laughs> Oh, my God. Why is everyone talking about this? Everyone is literally, everyone's like, oh, did you see the Dyson hand-dryers in it? Why does this matter? We've, uh, it matters we too. don't
4: have Dyson in family
1: block. You know what? Right? <laughs> you know what? I'm, I'm, I miss the, you know, if you put hand-dryers in, you lose that. I don't know where they got the paper that was completely
2: non-absorbent. Yeah, y- you know. and always ah, soggy before it even it was, a, it, was a, it was
1: a
3: by-product of that toilet paper that smeared, not wiped. They were both <laughs> yeah, made
1: lovely. together. They were both by-products of the same thing, I think. <laughs> that tracing paper
2: stuff, yeah. Yeah. Very weird.
1: Anyway, let's not talk too much about that. <laughs> um,
2: and also, so yeah, th- th- cool. those th- dip-in hand dryers, right, that are supposed to be the most hygienic <laughs> hand dryers, one day in the homes now and already I'm not touching it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Someone hasn't left. I heard, I, heard, I, heard, I heard a story about somebody not knowing what they were and having a wee in <laughs> at one of them in all blue packet. <laughs> I don't know how true that is. It would be good if it was.
0: <laughs> that would be, a, yeah. Um,
3: There's better so wishing oh, an, an, an aneurysm on somebody, isn't it, really? That's quite light-hearted, not wishing an aneurysm for fun. Right, let's not
1: go back to that. that
3: was a no, of... I'm, I'm hurt that you'd have a go at John. God, an institution. Know.
2: I'll tell you what, though. If he, we, it, I'm not sure that a wee would set off the hand dryer, so he must be very well endowed to set it off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, Nick, off off air. I'll tell you some stories about uh, I've heard about John Watson that will make you look slightly less sympathetic, but I'm not going to say them on air for fear of again legal recriminations. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, one thing I did notice in the start of the second half was um, we had a decent break and. Um, Punched had a really good chance to shoot and chose to square to Kabai, who was under pressure from a couple of defenders. Uh and at that moment, I mean he'd already had, you know, a decent first half and was was really affecting the second half very positively. But it just shows to me that he's still not quite hundred percent in terms of confidence because, you know, we know we know what he's capable of and and I haven't seen him have a proper decent dig for range for a while, I don't think. And um yeah, what what do we think about that Patrick you know is it is it belying um a lack of perhaps a little bit of a lack of belief
4: It could be we mentioned before or I mentioned before about Hennessy's uh, to me a lot of his form's got to do with uh increased confidence It might be the same with uh, with punch and um he did have that good shot on uh against Everton that was saved by Tim Howard on Monday so he has had a shot you know, they could have scored from. But again, I thought we overall had a good match. Um, I'm hoping that he scores soon. I think a goal from him will just boost his confidence immensely. We remember that run he had last year with Tottenham. And, the, you know, Man City, XM, Man United, Liverpool, XM12 in the season. So I think a goal would really help him. But Chris, it's almost January, so he's almost ready to get his form back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. It's nearly
1: punching time, isn't it? Yep, punching
2: time. Well, i say it's, it's, it's um, before the, January 1st for us. It's, uh, one goal, eight assists in the, in the two and a half seasons he's been here. Right. Uh, after January 1st, it's 12 goals and wow. six assists. Champions League. Here we come. So and it, it's it's showing last ten minutes of the Everton game. I thought he was a bit dodgy up until that point. Last ten minutes of the Everton game, he picked him apart when the game opened up, and then I thought I thought he was excellent in this one. Um, still a bit too much of to giving the ball away for me, but I think he made the right decisions a lot more times. He looks a lot more comfortable on the ball. He looks prepared to battle for it more yeah. and. And he brought Balassi and um, Zaha uh-huh. and everyone into play yep. so much more. And it, he is vital to us being an attacking force in terms of linking everything together. So, pff, if we can play as well without him actually firing and without Wickham scoring a goal yet, imagine mm. what happens when they start scoring. I just said Champions yeah. League. Nate, save just... I've already started saving. I've got a Champions League fund. Oh yeah, <laughs> saving up for a away game.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Brilliant.
1: Um, I did. Um... Again, I always notice as well that whenever whenever our players talk about our attacking um, players, they always mention punching. And it's the same with the opposition players as well. And pundits, they always talk about him as, you know, in the same breath as Balassi, as Aha, and, and now Wickham. They always talk about how much of an effect he has on the game. So he's obviously, you know, highly rated within the game as well. Uh, Did you see
2: what Troy Deeney said on goals on Sunday today? I,
1: I didn't. I fast forwarded through most of what he said.
2: <laughs> he, he, they was asking, "How do you stop Zaha? But and punching," and he's just said, "You have to sacrifice six players and double up on a uh, them. <laughs>
1: yeah, wow. have mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's the funny thing is that's what they, people do. Certainly on on Bilassi and Zaha, but yeah. that's what I really love about Balassi's sort of change of position now is that they kind of yeah you can't of, do that, that where well, you, well, you could, but you almost you have to use a centre back as yeah, one exactly. of them. It's, it really does mess with people's formations I, I do like that it's very um very creative
3: it's, it's good because we we've, we've got the players that can play in in different positions which which is makes it very difficult for opposition managers especially when he can switch it around during a game
2: which yeah. you know
3: you do notice happen as the game goes on they they're still swapping positions well, and...
2: like it like Pardy was saying nick um he wasn't really expecting to play fire 3-2 for us, you never know what we're going to roll out. Are we going to roll out a four-five-one, a four-three-three, a four-four-two, a four-one-one? So it's t- it's a lot for them to take into consideration tactically before a match, and then whatever, whatever we're doing can't doesn't necessarily always work out for them.
1: I really hope we don't use that four-one-one formation. I think would be
2: interesting. Oh, four-four-one-one. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um mm. all right. This is where my notes get a little bit um a little bit minute by minute here. So I'm gonna try and pick out a couple of things that were of um particular note really. Um about, about sixty five minutes I was thinking to myself, look, you know, we're on top in this game, but I do feel we need another goal. It's weird, I still didn't think that we were gonna keep keep a clean sheet. Obviously we ended up doing that. But <clears throat> excuse me, but it was around this moment that you had uh Southampton throwing on Uh, Pella and Tadic for Davis and Yoshida with an aggressive move. They changed the system, matched up our formation. Really, you know, I expect them to properly go for it at that point. And it was that moment where I noticed Zaha coming into his own. Not only was he giving them an awful lot of trouble, absolutely ruining Bertrand on a number of occasions, um, (laughs) which was so satisfying to see. You know, there's a guy who can't, you know, barely gets mentioned as getting back in the England squad in in, in Zaha, who's, you know, it's one of the very few wingers qualified for england who would actually beat a beat a player dribbling
2: and on um, top of that that's that's to both england fullbacks in a few weeks now he's destroyed because he did the same decline yeah. at anfield
1: yeah he did exactly and um it's yeah it's brilliant to see i i, I loved it I really loved it but his tackling back his chasing back particularly when it was him who lost the ball but but not just then it, it was positional play in defense was brilliant Backing up the back brilliantly, and 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 you know looking for the right ball and not panicking and knowing when to carry it out, he was absolutely superb, Wilf. And, uh, and it, you know it was really sort of did hit home how much of an influence he was having on the game without even without the ball at his feet, which is something if you even a year ago you'd have just thought that's never going to happen for Wilf. You know he can improve, but he's never going to get to that point. Um, something pretty special is going on with Wilf. I think he's he's found the exact right manager for him uh, at this stage of his career in Alan Barger, and I think it's. Um, Good
2: times for him because he's a huge influence on us. Did uh, you put it, the anyone? bet on? Did you put a bet on him to go to the Euros like we were discussing last time I was on?
1: I didn't, and the reason is is I have no confidence that Roy Hudson will make any kind of a sensible decision on it. So I've already lost forty quid betting on Mourinho to be sacked because
2: of. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> wow!
3: The insider <laughs> is <hair>, his nickname. <laughs> he
2: is,
1: he is the opposite of what he is. Damn it! <laughs> supposed to be on today as well
2: dropped
3: out last minute he's doing text commentaries now isn't he for, for one of the papers he's working yeah. it's for sky actually isn't
2: it? yeah he's actually. live blogging the Ibar valencia match
3: it's mm-hmm. um it's it's your modern day equivalent of updating the scores on cfax really
2: <laughs> <laughs> just yeah i want yeah just yeah, let's gloss over that we'll Move but, on. Swift, uh, no doubt but, but let's not gloss over nick's joke about cfax that was funny it, it was good job,
1: good. Nick. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Sorry, sometimes Oracle. we don't. Sometimes we <laughs> brilliant. Sometimes we don't appreciate you for your appalling jokes. Um. Anyway, <laughs> so look. Um. After that, I genuinely didn't think that uh, Southampton threatened a, a huge amount until the sort of the dying moments. If anything, it looked like we were going to get another goal. Um. Even their last throw of the dice, or sort of ten minutes before the end, when they brought on Ward Prowse for, uh, for Mike Romeo, I thought, you know. Um, you know, he, he might do something, but not really. And um, I've, I've written in my notes here around the 80 minute mark that Soiree gets, gets full marks for hating Shane Long, Shane Long as much as I do. Um, I think basically it was just a look he gave him.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. It was post. So basically, a cross had come in and Soiree just smashed Long in the face of his forearm. Just yeah. absolutely just smashed him in the face. Long went down. And I think the referee realised after, because Long kept going on, that something had happened and he pulled the two over, and Suave was just not having any of it. <laughs> but <laughs> he, he he properly smashed along in the face, to the extent that we're lucky that it wasn't a penalty. All right, OK. Well,
1: I'm still giving him full marks for that, because he's does everything he gets. Um, <laughs> terrific little player. Uh, so, yeah, um, did punch and had a little bit of a dive, around 82 minutes in, in the penalty area. Not, you know, wasn't really focused on, but some lovely fancy footwork, and then, kind of realised he'd done a bit too much and just sort of hung a leg out, hoping for some contact and perhaps lucky not to get a booking because it's, you know... Have you actually
2: seen that back, that run? Because I haven't seen it anywhere. From the other end of the pitch, because obviously we was attacking the White Horse in the second half, it looked like he'd nutmegged three of their players in that run. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he nutmegged three. He certainly nutmegged at least one. But uh, it was a great run. It really was. And the thing is, it's when he got that, li- that little bit in the box where he was sort of his feet were dancing away... Like the initial my initial reaction was clear penalty, but when, when I saw it back it was um it wasn't. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, but no, it's, it's good and that was that was kind of that was almost his last action of the game, really, he was he was substituted off for, for much a little bit after that. But, you know, rightly got a pretty decent reception um for, for a much, much better performance, which is great to see. And obviously we're trying I to see the want... game out. I
3: sorry, I still think he had moments of laziness where he could where he did lose the ball and um, he just didn't tra- challenge and try and win it back. A, a, quite a few times I noticed that. I mean, his performance was a lot better, but there were still moments of can't be askedness I thought, from him.
2: It's December the 12th. Contact. It was yeah. December the 12th. Just two yeah. more weeks, Nick, two more weeks.
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, we'll, come, we'll certainly come back to Punch. And I think most weeks, usually, he's, he's a talking point. But um,
2: I say, I think he's going
1: very much in the right direction. Certainly, I I would say the criticism of him has has been a little over the top, even for people on this show, really. But um, but there you go. Um, Yeah, Wickham obviously didn't get a goal, but came very, very close. How about that touch then, Terence?
2: (laughs) I mean, before we get to the touch, the ball. What a great pass. Perfectly weighted, perfectly weighted. But to get it out, to bring it under immediate control... And follow it up within a stride with that shot. And again, it's a brilliant save from Gazanig. I'd like absolutely like to get that. He's put it at that point where it's really hard to get down to your feet there. So it looks like a save that he should make, but it's actually technically quite difficult to get down and make that. And um, I said it after um, he hit the hit our crossbar in the Everton game. he said he can't he can't buy a goal at the moment. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, that, but
2: I mean, it's going to come. If he keeps, you know, the header in the first half, that shot in the second half, the header against Everton, if he keeps getting shots on target like that, he's going to score goals.
1: The thing is, he's getting chances. It's not huge yeah. numbers of chances, but he's getting at least a, a one or two really good chances in most games. You know, you think back to before his injury, uh, we got hit the post against Arsenal. You know, he, he's getting in the right positions and he's getting used to how the, the team is sort of playing with him. And you can see at, at times they're trying to. The thing they're looking for in quite a lot of occasions is for Wickham to run from run from the sort of far post towards the near post and flick a header. That that moves probably three or four times in, in each game that I've seen. And even to right towards the end, when Kabai, just before Kabai went off, um, sorry, just before Wickham went off, um, Kabai sort of looked for, and it ended up looking like Kabai just played a rubbish um, cross straight into the arms of the keeper. But you, he was. Trying to encourage that run from Wickham once more, it was Rick Wickham was a little bit back on his heels, and that's the only yeah. reason that he, he didn't get there. So it's really interesting that they've targeted a specific way for him to score. Um, but it he, he was a brilliant, brilliant battering ram all game as well. And you know, like you said, he had that early headed chance, and um, I think that the more he plays, the, the better he is. Um, <laughs> just uh, some comments in the chat room there, Nick.
3: Um. Bert's head has said that can't be askedness should be in the English dictionary. <laughs> That's what I
1: was
3: looking for. <laughs> Love it. Um, Your ability to do it, can you have can't be asked ability? And um, Punction has got a high um, rating of can't be asked ability. No. Whereas somebody who runs a round all game like MacArthur has a low can't be asked
4: ability. No.
1: An well, interesting, um, interesting comment coming from Russell. Sorry to talk over you, Nick. But I became bored of what you were saying. Um, <laughs> interesting, I got, interesting. I was bored as well. <laughs> interesting <laughs> comment from Russell Collins, who's got in touch, disagreeing with a few of the things that were said, and he's talking about without the "world class" saves from Hennessy, we were poor at the back. And um, I, I've, I've, I, I, no, I don't necessarily agree with that. But what I will say is that when you're talking about those last frantic few minutes. Right you know, that's when, that's when we were poor. That's when we became, we were a little sluggish at times. And there were a couple of occasions I did put in my notes, I haven't mentioned where we did switch off from set pieces and we did sort of like, you know, they took a quick free kick or a quick corner or something like that. And we have been, you know, have been a little sluggish at times. And if there's one criticism you could probably label at our defense is that we can be a
4: little bit slow. And um,
1: yeah, there was certainly when you talk, we'll talk about the Shane Longchance Long in just a moment. Patrick.
4: You know, you mentioned the set pieces, Chris, but I believe the stat and uh, Terrence will back me up on this. That we have we're the only side that haven't got a, a set piece goal all season. Mm. So we we do look sloppy on them, and we haven't got a goal on them all year. So um, I disagree with that comment because I really think that, like you mentioned before, I think that Balassi or more Zaha were excellent yesterday at helping the fullbacks defend yesterday. And I thought as a unit we defended very, very well. I mean, the the, 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 Steve, the Stephen Davis header was a, was a was a great cross and a great header. you the teams are gonna get chances to score. And then again, you know, at the end of the long I think you were absolutely right. It was the ninety fourth minute, ninth minute of the match. It was they were it was getting desperate, they were hacking balls forward. And they're gonna get a chance. And you know, unfortunately Dan got caught got caught, the ball bounced, past him, but I don't think that you could say it was sloppy defending. I think it was defending yesterday was actually very, very good. Especially to get a clean sheet against a uh, very I, decent I, side. I, I
2: thought that um oh. I, I thought that um it was the um the long ball in the first half over the top to Shane Long was a problem. When he missed, uh, missed a yeah, well, we're, we're, decided, we're trying to defend the high line there, you know. Right. And you saw just you ended up with Kabaya with his arm up in the air and everyone yeah. running back. So there, there was some sloppiness there for sure. Um, I can't, for the Stephen Davis head, I just thought that was very well worked with a back heel from Mane. Yeah. Um, I, so, there was a, there, I don't think we were amazing defensively. Yeah. Um, on the count that our goalkeeper might possibly man the match, probably says that. But you know, it, against they played 5-3-2 with two very pacey strikers in an attempt to try and unsettle us, and yeah. it did at points. If you're if you're putting the like the pace of Mane and Long up against Dan and Delaney at points, it's going to cause wins. some problems. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, but to come through a difficult game like that with a clean sheet shows that it, we couldn't have been that bad.
1: No, no, I don't. Again, as I said, I think it was. It's perhaps overstating it. it. You know, it's it's very clear. You know, we could have, we could have lost those two. You know, two of the three points we gained quite easily, um, were it not for the, the sort of the outstretched outstretched leg of Hennessy. Right. Um, you know, and Parge said it himself. He expects Shane Long to score there, and and it was a mistake. It was a moment where both central defenders. You know, we're talking experienced. High-quality central defenders went for the same ball and and lost it. You know, lost out on the header. Um, and you know that is poor. That's the definition of poor. So when Russell says that we were poor at the back, he's right on that incident, and he's right that there's um you know there were a couple of other instances where we might right. call poor. But on the flip side of that, uh, I thought at times we were absolutely superb defensively. I think the way the way the two centre backs work together is excellent. I think you know the communication and you know, it's, it's almost telepathic at times, but they organise the people around them. And like I said, you had Balassi chasing back, you had Puncton chasing back and intercepting. You had Zaha putting the best defensive performance I've ever seen from him. It was, I think, we actually, when you look at that, it was certainly more good than bad about our defensive display. Nick,
3: yeah, I'd, I'd like to praise Delaney. There were quite a few of Delaney's diagonals, but um it, it's always a good omen when I see Damien on the team sheet. I think he, he's just. He, he he riles the whole team up. He's just just the person you want. In he he I hate that? Why am I saying he, he battle? But do you know what I mean? He's is yeah. in there, He's riling? He's is really playing that captain's role? It's it's just super. And you, uh, I'm missing Angelland though because he's cultured and classy as well. And I think he could add something to the defense. But come on, we the, remember what happened just can't with get Hanguland.
1: back in. We remember what happened with Hangeland, don't we? We all loved him. We thought brilliant. He's he's playing like he's. You yeah, come straight out of Barcelona. And then there were a couple of <laughs> states weren't there. Do you remember those that made us go, "Ah, oh, shit, I swore. But uh, you know what I mean? And that's not to disrespect breda hangman because he's a fantastic option. And he and he's played very, very well for us when he has played this season. But he is prone to an individual error um, and a lack of judgment at times. Um, and like we said before, he has a turning circle of a, not a barge of some description. Um, on the... On
2: Oh, Sorry, on, <laughs> <you>. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. on the on Delaney clearances wise, you know, he, he made nineteen clearances yesterday, which he already leads the way as average amount of clearances a game at just under ten in the Premier League, and he's cleared nineteen times in one match. It's quite phenomenal.
4: That's, that is impressive,
1: um, Patrick. You wanted to say something, didn't you?
4: Well. I, I I think that having a Hangland as a uh, security blanket, having a Saka as a security blanket, having the um Jedi and Ledley is just great for our um, you know, squad depth so and Martin Kelly obviously. So uh great point Nick made about Hangland, but right now I think the eleven that we have starting every week right now is our best eleven, which is which is a very strong positive.
1: Uh, looking at your contact coming in, uh, important hand dryer based conversation. Uh, Lisa's got in touch saying that hand dries at Sellers. Forget the European place. We've made it. Um, <laughs> get very excited about those. Um, I think Tasha got in touch uh, saying one day we might actually get hot water as well.
4: well wait, Chris, I have a we question. Can dream. Quickly. We can dream. Go on, Patrick. How are the toilets in your Arthur wait? Uh, I don't
1: know since there's too many people for me to ever be able to oh, guess. Oh, I'll
4: find out myself. Honestly. I just, right. I,
1: oh, no, you won't. No, honestly. No, don't bother. Patrick. Just no point. Hold it. Just <laughs> unless you want to, <laughs> unless you want to miss either kick off or the kick off in the second half by I'll so we hold, say fifteen to twenty minutes. I'll hold it. Just ahead.
4: don't. Thank you yeah. for that. I appreciate it.
1: No worries, mate. Oh yeah, can't, you're, you're so close to you actually being here.
4: Two weeks. I can't believe it.
1: Two weeks, and you have to be in the arthur for one of those games. Yes. <laughs>
3: Chris, did you get job in the marketing? Did you get that job in the marketing, <laughs> that, um, in the marketing department at <laughs>
1: Crystal Palace? come on they know that the arthur's rubbish um <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's our kind of rubbish it's charming rubbish but it's rubbish all the same <sighs> yes anyway look coming up in just a moment we will um, be doing the ultimate 25 man squad feature that will be um simon roger will be talking about so whether or not to it or bin simon are we going to give michael hughes some company or will jolly roger make it into the all-time 25 man squad i i've got a feeling about this one we'll see which way that goes if you want to get your votes in um i think it's probably on radio.net forward slash vote but uh check our twitter feed as well uh to be able to contribute there um i just didn't have the information in front of me I probably should have done but, um i can i've got away with that right that's fine all fine uh just a couple of other things before we get to that though um we we'll talked about Balassi being back and forth. we we'll talked about just how well, uh, we well, we we'll talked about the uh, the debate over how whether we played defensively well or not. And, um, you know, just ahead of the forward of views, really, I think it's just a case of saying, you know, it, we might might be saying it's sitting there saying it's a one nil threshing, but I think there's still, I, I, I look at the period coming up, really. We've got Stoke, um, obviously next up, um, and some, Pardee was talking about the game's coming thick and fast now and the fact we're going to have to use our squad. Do we feel that we actually have the sort of depth of squad, especially with the injuries that we've had? Um, Do we feel that we've actually got a strong enough squad to get us through this period unscathed? What do you reckon then, Terrence?
2: Um, Probably based on the quality of opposition that we've got to play against. Um, I think Stoke will probably suit us playing against them Because they like to pass the ball around a bit now So we can just concentrate on counter-attacking against them Then we've got Bournemouth and Swansea Who Bournemouth is showing that great ability to really get up for a big game But losing to teams like Newcastle So um, we'll probably just brush them aside So that's six points over those two games And then we've got, Swan- <laughs> so then we've got Swansea And they're, they're, they're pony as well at the moment So we'll be third by the, by the new year
1: do you know what? Right, I wasn't going to say this, but I was, um, I like when, I was when I was making that note to, to talk about that. I, um, I was going through fixtures. There was a couple of things I went through. First of all, I was looking at Brighton's fixtures to see when they might actually lose because it's bugging me now. Um, but then I thought, <laughs> oh, let, me have, let me have a look at the, um, the fixtures for some other teams that are also doing well. So I had a look at had a look at um, Watford's fixtures because uh, they obviously they're they're just behind us in seventh. They've been doing brilliantly. Been thinking, how, you know, how the hell have they done as well as they've done? They got some really tough games coming up. Obviously I had a look at Leicester as well. And I was looking at how, you know, what kind of a December that the, the teams were gonna have. And I genuinely went through our December fixes and went, Well, we're gonna win all of them. Um, <laughs> so I've jinxed it as well as you now, Terence. So um you could, everyone can blame us and it doesn't doesn't happen. You are confident as well, yeah, Patrick? Uh-
4: I guess um, I only really care about winning the Swansea in Chelsea matches because I'm going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh-huh. all joking aside, I think Stoke's gonna be very difficult. But yeah, I'm very confident. I think we've we've really uh, s- uh, set our stall out well. Going back to the squad thing you mentioned, Chris, I'm a little concerned about the injuries because you know Gales hurt now. Uh, Jedna got hurt in training, and that could hurt us. But you know we've uh, Sacco's obviously still hurt. But we've got like Terence mentioned, we do we do have players that can step in, and the, the lucky the figures aren't that bad looking on paper, but you don't play it on paper, so you play on grass.
2: Well, no, that's not that's not technically <laughs> true anymore. Yeah, buddy. You that's play you you pu- play on dress sort that's of so. I don't know, amalgamation of grass and plastic and stuff, don't you so yeah, it's
1: se- semi synthetic, as Patrick might say. Right. Oh
4: thanks <laughs> Patrick Oquano.
2: <O'Kwaner. laughs> <laughs> Patrick
4: Oquana anyway,
1: Yeah, exactly that. Exactly. Uh, I think it's time for four-word reviews, and then we'll be back just straight straight afterwards. In fact, with the ultimate twenty-five-man squad.
0: Four-word reviews.
4: Tony Johnston at TJ61 CPFC. Everyone played their part.
3: Warren B. Pargue
1: in the pub.
4: CPFC Sid finally stopped
1: the Saints.
3: John Burr. Great team play, rewarded.
4: Jockey at Jockey Up. 14 points to go. Negative.
3: At Kevin Tarsteth. Hennessy now number one.
1: Alfonso Greenbrook. Wayne
3: Hennessy, shot stopper. What a name. That's the name of the week, Alphonso Greenberg. We it was the name of the week a
1: couple of weeks ago as well. Was it? I
3: must have missed that one. Doug Tibbetts at East London Eagle. Hugh Hennessy cultured kabai.
0: Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag forward review to add whole radio.
1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs>
2: Right, Simon Roger. <laughs> yeah, go on, give yeah. us a your opinion. <laughs> um, I thought, um, God, I'm, I'm trying to think if Nav's opinion's harsh or not. Um, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised that he's come up in this conversation for the All-Time Squad. Um, he had great delivery, like absolutely brilliant delivery. Um, and he's probably been outdone by, you know, op- Opta didn't really exist then. So numbers of assists and so on, because he must have a ton of assists, but they were never really measured in that time that he was playing. Um, what doing the back in the day reviews from like um, on my website every every time I am like looking at the matches from when he was a player, our goals came from his corners, um, but was he? all-time squad. I don't know, it's a tough one for me. I'm going to have to have listen to some other people talk about him and have a, a little ponder.
1: Mm. Uh yeah, I I'm, I'm still thinking about it to be honest with you. He's not, you know, he what he wasn't the best player, but I'm trying to he's trying to give it context in a lot of ways because you have to appreciate the era that um that, that he played through. You have to appreciate the job that he had to do and some of the players that he was surrounded by. So um you know and, and you know i think he he followed couple to man city very briefly didn 't he um playing an, an advice sweeper role there if I remember rightly but um yeah, i just you know he he was i have to say he's one of one of the iconic players from me for me growing up you know he was he was very recognizable with that, that shock of blonde hair and you know the fact that he did have an absolute wand of a left foot at times It was um you know he's a very very memorable player for me certainly but um you know, when I'm looking at looking down the list of midfielders and and wide players that have played for us, I can't really envisage him um, being ahead of, of enough to get in the twenty five. But I'll have a little think as well. Nick, very good player for us. Went unnoticed, sort of, but got a bit
3: of a cult following, didn't he, among the fans? Um, he was injury prone, if I remember. Wasn't he always getting getting injured? Just he was always on the yeah. kind on of the big, wasn't he? It was yeah. a, I hope, I, I hope John, Johnny Williams' career doesn't kind of take an Osborne-esque um, turn. But, yeah, and he, he was a good player, but...
2: Osborne? We're talking about Simon Rodgers, mate. Not, not, not Simon, Simon Osborne. Lander,
3: sorry, Simon <laughs> Osborne. I'm getting, you know, it's just, if you go way back in the mist of time, my um, uh, synaptic um, connections in my brain are all frazzled there, aren't they? No, but... He, out, he yeah. was... oh, thanks. thanks, Dr. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um... Good, good player, yes. Cult Hero, yes. In the 25, not so sure. They're, like you said, there's lots of other players who I'd put ahead of him that wouldn't even get in the
1: 25. So, Okay, uh, Patrick, what do you think?
4: Unfortunately, I didn't get to see him play a lot. Um, when he played, he played for 12 years. I'm actually shocked it was that long. I didn't, you know, I wasn't able to follow Palace as much as I you know, I would have liked. I went back there a couple of times during the nineties. I saw him play a few times. He doesn't really stand out. you know, the nav comment is very interesting. You know, he, is, he was left-footed, and left-footers, I'm, on, I'm on one too. They do kind of stand out, if, even if they can't really play that well. Um, so um, the fact that he had so many appearances, what he had eleven goals, and I'm trying to think of like a memorable thing that he did for Palace during his twelve-year career, and I can't think of one. He was part of some decent teams, obviously, because we did okay in some of those, some of that part, but. I know we relegated a couple of times also during those times, but I can't think of him of an outstanding player. He reminds me of, and Joe will get mad at me for this, he reminds me a little bit of Jerry Murphy, who was also a left foot player who I didn't have much time for. Murphy was obviously a better player. Well, according to Joe, anyway. <laughs> but, um, I'm not, it, it, this is a tough one. I, honestly, I didn't really see him as m- enough to really give an opinion. I, I know he is. I remember, but I don't, I don't know if he'd make the 25, honestly, based on seeing as that we've got so many good midfielders in our, in our in our past.
2: You know, like, what... I distinctly remember so in the 97-98 uh, season when half the team did the not give the a season, right? No, the following season, the following in, the season. League, in the Premier League okay, yeah. half, half the players more than half the players did not give a single shit basically <laughs> um, and he was the one of the players who run his guts out every single time even when it was a lost cause he like still put a shift in and in the 99-2000 season as well as another one that Um, That was the administration season with the whole, you know, the 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 Dean Austin goal at Carrow Road, which come from a Simon Roger corner, if I remember rightly. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In in that season as well, you know, he was, you know, really hot on sleeve performances, you know, doing everything for the club. You know, there's no doubt that he loved the club and everything like that. And it depends. It comes down to whether we're looking at putting players in who were, you know for technical ability and for being brilliant footballers or you know if we need a few spaces in there for people or you know who were palace through and through
1: well it's an interesting one isn't it i mean i'm looking at um the, the comments we're getting in nick's gonna have some from the chat room in just a moment i'm looking at the voting uh, to give you a little flavor of how the voting's going on radio dot radio.net forward slash vote i believe um Lots of comments saying that uh, he was loyal but not good enough for the squad. There's one that just says ha 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 for ages. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, There's one that uh, um, that, that says always like the guy from Bren as well. So seems a popular player. Um, There's a fair few other comments in there of a a similar sort of vein as well. But no point uh, continuously repeating myself. Um, I will give it a little bit of context before we um, before we close the voting and get the uh, opinions of the panel as well. Um, so there's a tribute that Nick's just posted me a link of uh, for Simon Roger on the homestyle.net that was uh, posted all way back in August the 1st, 2002. Um, talks an awful lot about his loyalty and commitment and the fact he gave more than 10 years of his footballing life, yeah. often as captain to Palace. Um, and his 10-year spell kept ca- countless players, managers, even chairman come and go, yet he has brought to the club some kind of stability. Mm-hmm. On his pitch, it was high work rate and a superb example of his professionalism. He was unsung, gritty performances in the midfield, engine of given pallets, lots of wins and draws over the years. Vital interceptions, tracking back and precise passing uh, goes unnoticed to many people. It's no prima donna who moans in the papers each week, gets on with his job, uh, even when the players were not getting paid at times. Never been one of the high, high earners and missed out on a lucrative signing on fees due to staying At the club may not have set the world alight during his career, but had injury problems, had a bad effect and held him back a little bit there as well. Uh, Talked about the fact that he's played um, in the Premiership and the high flying glory days in Division One. They said the final sort of um, paragraph, if you like, says lots of players come and go, and few give a damn about the club like the fans do. Simon Roger is one of those. Uh, who I feel does care for the club and the supporters and purely for his loyalty alone he has my utmost respect. This is why the Homestead Online has sponsored him for the past two seasons. Back in 2002 that was.
0: nice. Uh,
1: Simon, Roger, we salute you at the end. So there you go. Very well thought of um, at the time and also a lot of people still remember him very, very fondly indeed. As a player, There is some suggestion of course that, um, that he may be fond of uh, a certain South Coast team but you know, he played for Palace. And he's Palace man through and through, in my view. Uh, Nick, you got some stuff from the chat room, on that.
3: Um, yeah, Burt's Head said, uh, "Summer Roger was decent enough, but League One standard at best, with a doggy haircut. Lovely bloke though. Quick game two, our uh, Roger the Dogger, and somebody said he's as good as player as Pardew was, which is interesting. <laughs> it's a good and comparison." It really is except for the yeah. iconic
4: goal at Liverpool. It really is a good comparison.
3: He just doesn't set the world on fire. Interesting that uh, Terence is saying. Well, we're we're getting down to the nitty gritty of players who who aren't going to get in. But what what is the criteria? Is it and does longevity immediately put you in? Because that's,
1: that's there was some talk
3: about Ashley Cole going in for a few games here on loan. Yeah,
1: well, that's for us you know. to decide, isn't it? It's for us and the and the listeners to decide. You know, do they get a vote? You know, do do we consider it a? Um, you know, enough. Do we consider loyalty and longevity enough? A lot of fans talk about it as a very, very important trait in players, don't they? So if you're picking a twenty five man squad, you know, that that's that's the aim there, isn't it? Is to pick a, a squad that, you know, is the best ever. You know, the best twenty five players we can possibly pick. Um so that that's the way I see it, and for that reason, revealing my vote now, uh, I'm afraid Simon Roger is gonna have to be binned. Sorry, Simon. Um Nick, what's your view? In or bin?
3: I think when you look at the other players that we haven't discussed yet, reality would go in ahead of him. Lombardo, have we done Lombardo yet? No. Midfielders. Jerry Murphy, we haven't done yet. There's so many midfielders we haven't even covered that uh, I'm sorry, Simon, as much as you were a great servant to the club, and I do, admi- I sound like the, the self righteous brothers on uh, <laughs> Harry Enfield. <laughs> the, the, we, there's one chair in the room with Michael Hughes. You can play musical chairs for a bit until somebody else comes. <laughs>
0: Okay,
1: so that uh, you're not going to say the word, but I assume that's a bin as well, right? Okay, trash, uh, trash. So, uh, <laughs> trash, sorry, Patrick. Um, <laughs> in or bin, not in or trash.
4: Um, again, longevity <laughs> counts for something, and he was a decent player. and I admire what he did for Palace, but I'd have to bin him. Sorry,
1: it's not really looking good for Jolly Roger. Yeah, how about you, Terrence? You gonna add some sunshine to this?
2: Come what, on, as we've been talking about this, my theory has grown in my mind on top of his assists, and I reckon he'd be one of those players if it was as heavily stat looked at as it is today. Back when he was playing, yeah, I would have realised what he does, what he's done a lot more. So you know, in the first two seasons when we got to the Premier League, that Jednak was up there with the top midfielders in the world because statistically wise, his interceptions, his headers, everything he was doing in a defensive fashion in midfield was finally recognised. Um. So I think that if the, those stats were available for to look at, it might be looked at a different, slightly different opinion. And he played for Palace in twelve years. He played in that administration, and everyone's a hero. And on the grounds that um, it doesn't really matter, I'm going to in him. Yeah. That was a cop out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nice one.
0: Um,
1: so looking at the listener vote, and don't know if you've got a, a chat room vote at all, Nick. But looking at the listener vote. On the voting form, it is unfortunately going to be a bin. So I don't think even the chat room could save Simon Rogers, so I'm afraid he is consigned to the bin.
2: However, Michael Hughes has got some company.
1: He had exactly Hughes, he's now got someone to chat to. Um I don't know. <laughs> he, my in, lining.
2: in the trash can. In the trash can, yeah. <laughs> so um no,
1: good stuff. Okay, well there you go. Um I think he got the ultimate uh, sorry, the ultimate he got um, the utmost respect from everyone there, which is um I think it still shows you how much of a regard he's held in. But I think it's the right choice, personally. I don't think in terms of ability he's up there in the all-time 25. But he's certainly a very, very good player in his time in a very, very interesting period for this club. OK, let's, uh, let's move this one on now. Um, that's, that's all we've got in terms of the ultimate 25-man squad. We've given you a lovely review, I think you'll agree, <laughs> of the, uh, the win against Southampton. All that really remains is for us to look ahead to next week, to the Stoke game. Um, and talk a little bit about what we'd like to see. Um, Terence, is it a case of just same, same again in terms of formation and the way we set up, or should we consider Stoke a little differently to Southampton?
2: Um, I, I'm sure it won't, but we won't play the same way. Um, it will be back to the 4 3 3 formation, I'm pretty sure. Um, if you look at the way that Stoke rips Man City apart, it was because City played a high line. Um, and allowed Bojan, Anatovic and uh, Shakiri to form triangles around them and just basically shred them apart. Um, it will be interesting to see how those tri- that, that trio handles out back four because they will face Delaney and Dan, who will be sitting on the 18-yard line and saying yeah, sure, pass around us because any passing behind is going to go into the goalkeeper. So then they're going to have to come up with some different ways to get round. And there there is many teams who are better than Stoke who have failed at that this season. So going forward-wise, I would, as I said, move back to the four three three, Um stick punching in the hole and I'd have Zaha and Blasi out wide. And as always, just you know, shifting around in the game, I think, is the way we'll go for it.
1: So, Patrick, there's a lot of attention on, on Palace for the, the attacking talent, I suppose, but quite the same goes for Stoke in terms of the players we've just mentioned, Shakiri, Onaltovic and, and Boyan, of course. Um, are they you know, are they as good, as people are saying? Are they the re- reason have Stoke actually moved on a level now? I mean, early season, their form was pretty poor, but they've been very, very good of late.
4: They have been. I, I give a lot of credit to Mark Hughes as the manager for, for- getting those players to go to Stoke in the first place. Uh, they're a dangerous side. What also, you should be noted, though, they're also a very good defensive side. Uh, Chris, they're, they're, like, they're, they're ranked, I think, third in the league with us, or above us, with only giving up 14 goals. They're up 15 so far. So they're tough to score on. So, seven uh, clean
2: sheets in their last nine.
4: Exactly. So they're very tough scoring. I like what Terrence said though about the adjustments that Paul do in Neverly make. I, I like that about what's gone on in the last few weeks, that we've we've changed formation depending on your position. Played one way against Newcastle, differently against Everton, differently again yesterday, against Southampton. So he'll come up with a plan of some kind. I think he's uh, Terrence is right. We're gonna definitely go with our wide players more put our back four on the 18 and say you know i get around us but it's a game that we can definitely win we won there last year i remember that was a really uh interesting match last year beating stoke which i hadn't done in a while away so i think that um we're it's, it should be a good match I think we at worst we'll come away with a draw
1: okay
4: um would you be satisfied with that draw nick
3: i would be satisfied with a draw because i don't think the game's as easy as we perceive it to be i think the De- defensively as you've said they're, they're, they're rock solid and okay we've got yeah. enough keys to unlock them in the fact you know we've, we've got um, Belassi and Zaha terrifying people again. I'd like to see Schmack play. I think that'd be a bit of a surprise for, for Mark Hughes if Schmack plays. Who? I'd play him with, with Wickham. I'd give Punction a bit of a rest and have Punction come on.
4: Do you know what Nick? That's a good shout on because he scored his, his first Palace score, I believe against Stoke two years ago didn't he? Nice goal he scored up there. So you know that's not a bad shout. Yeah. I like that.
1: There you go. So um, personally, my just to, to round off, my my views are. Um, I think it's still. I still think it's a game that's there for the taking. I've had a, a you know been. I think Shawcross coming back into the Stoke team after injury um, has made a huge difference to them. Really, really strong team now. Um, but I think we're better than them. I really, really do. Uh, so I'll be disappointed if we don't, don't take the three points there But that's a measure of how far we've come I think in a very short space of time Anyway, that'll be it um, My thanks to Tom for producing and uh, uh, Cheers Tom, thank you for your efforts today Thank you to Nick, to Patrick To Terence and to myself Since I said that in a sort of wrong inflection And needed an additional person Cheers for listening, uh, we'll be back next Sunday Bye <laughs>